One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Girls Pod Channel. I'm Stacey June. 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 There's no one else here. Well, is there? You'll never know. Uh, I am really excited to introduce our summer session series. Basically, we've gone back through the episodes of the year and picked the, the ones that we've liked. I think it's really important that we share that our team has helped us pick these too. Obviously, you're in these interviews and you're having these incredible chats and you're having connection and moments between Merce and myself, but also the guests. And it's nice to reflect on what were the takeouts or what were the moments that connected to you guys and what were the moments that connected to our team. Um, A big shout out to Jordan and Abby who have been so so integral in putting together our episodes this year Um, and you may have come into contact with them for different competitions or different uh, emails that you've sent. They are remarkable and very talented and we're very grateful to have them as a part of what we do here at the Thinker Girls. Um, But yeah, let me introduce you to the first or second or third or fourth or fifth, depending on how many you've binged, uh, interview from 2018. Hopefully you're sitting back and relaxing. Hopefully you've been able to stop and have a moment where things slow down for you and you're holding your loved ones a little bit tighter and, and letting your hair down a bit, whatever way that is. It might just be sitting outside for longer than usual or having that extra cocktail that you really are very good at during the week generally. Whatever it is, hope you're enjoying it and hope you enjoy this interview. Welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod Channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm Christy Mercer. Hello. Hello. Hey to you. You're full. I yeah, love you. What song's that? Come ride the joy ride. Is that a Carly song? No, that's Roxette. Is it? <laughs> Hello. Uh, this is where you, all different shows drop each and every day almost of this uh, pod channel. But today's today's podcast is an interview with Ray Morris. That is correct. This we knew that it was going to go all over the shop because Ray's brain, when we've, when we've chatted to her before, is just like one of those splatter paintings that we'll call him in the 2000s. No, splatter pa- but the most beautiful, inquisitive, I don't know, splatter painting you've ever seen. That's what I mean in the sense that there is no sense of direction or knowing where it could possibly go because she's so incredibly curious and creative and you can almost see her as she's talking going, off on these offshoots. She goes, anyway, what were you, what were you saying? And you forget what you were saying but she, previously because what where she goes is so much more interesting. But the interesting thing about, about her is, and I can relate to this, is she follows herself. Do you know what I mean? So she, a few times in the interview, she would spiral back and remember where it originally came from. That's right. And we're like, oh, yeah, I forgot we are talking about that Which is the true ago. testament of a genius, if you ask me. Did I just call myself a genius? Maybe. <laughs> Did you? 
Yeah, yeah cool. well, I said I related to it. Yeah, right. And then I called her a genius, and then it was like, by default, I'd call myself. <laughs> it's not what I meant. Regardless, uh, but, regardless. But yeah, Ray Morris, um, we asked her to film a makeup video for us when we were doing the Kiss show, and word got back to us that she was an incredibly big fan of the show. Mm-hmm. So we were quite flattered because we uh, were big fans of hers, and I had had her books for years sitting in my lounge room, which we did show her, which was quite a quite a nice moment. Um, but Ray's been around for a very long time. Long time. She's one of the most influential makeup artists in the world. She has done some incredible stuff with her branding and her business, not to mention um, the brushes and the brushes that she sourced, which are world first, that she goes into detail, which I, to be honest, I didn't know anything about. Mm. You know, she goes into really big detail about how she um, she's a craftsman. Like she has this idea of incredible and impeccable uh, quality when it comes to the the utens- utensils mm-hmm. tools tools mm. she uses yeah she is incredibly passionate about what she does she's mm. an artist mm, she when is. when you yeah when you say oh they're a makeup artist like un- underline that word because she is an artist in in a in a lot of ways this was yeah this was a really cool chat it was very hard to edit because we just frothed every moment of yeah, it, essentially, we and we just banged on for ages. We did. So let her know that you heard us here, or let us know if you enjoyed it. Uh, if you are following us on socials, you will see we have announced a live tour. Um, we are traveling the country in December. We are going to Adelaide on the Friday, the 5th, 7th of December, Melbourne, Saturday, 8th of December, Brisbane, Friday, the 14th of December, and Sydney, Saturday, the 15th of December. Tickets will go on sale October 22nd. We can't wait to see your mugs there. If, I don't know, there's some places there that we haven't actually done live shows before. No. Um, so we're really, really excited to get there. And tag your mates in the post that we've chucked up online. Well, we thought it was a kind of cute idea to do Christmas drinks or have some form of, um, you know, dinner before or have a bit of a catch up. But Adelaide and Brisbane, we have no idea how many of you there are. So we really would appreciate for you to spread the word, bring a group of pals and make it, you know, the night that we've had in all other cities of the country. Can't wait. This is Ray Morris. Hope you enjoy it, guys. Ray Morris, welcome to the Thinker Girls Pod channel. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. We're really glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here because I love and, you girls. And you came be on <laughs> coffee as well. I know, right? That's yep. when you know someone loves you. <laughs> the first time that I um, ever heard or saw your name was on a coffee table book in Stacey's house. Oh, really? Yeah. Years ago, oh, wow. and it's still in my land room. We'll get your photo. We'll get a oh photo with you. The one with Catherine McNeil. On the uh, yes, the it is. Face. Yeah, wow. Ray Morris makeup. Yes. I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Your book would be sitting on so many coffee tables. Yeah. Like you, you're speaking in terms of longevity in the industry. Yeah. I ju- it just made me think to ask you that. You know, sometimes you don't have much of a concept. I don't have much, and yeah. even that book too. I think it, it was it was not the easy experience, and also I was never proud of that book. I was proud of the literature and the writing. I'd I read back on it, and I would not change a thing. But with the images and not working with an editorial team, you're working with publishers, it's all like, I had like 10 days to shoot the whole thing. I didn't get to edit the shots I wanted to. When it first got printed, the skin's looked really yellow. And oh, oh, I, and so the last, I've done five now. I've, I can't remember. But the last one is the first one I self-published and did it, I had more control. So I do see that book everywhere and it's still blows me away that it really appealed to so many people. I thought it would never sell. I thought, oh, it won't sell. Really? And it did quite well, right? It's still the highest ever beauty book ever um, to sell. It's It's won over 10, I've lost count, on bestsellers. What's really the sad part, though, of bestsellers, though, you have to be in Australia 
unless it's changed in the last week, you have to be sold within a bookstore. So if you sell now, if you're a new author and you sell on Amazon or Booktopia, those don't get counted. So this really? is so interesting because I'm writing serious? a book. Yes. And you, you could be a bestseller and not know about it. And I'm it. going through this road of self-publish versus yeah, oh. published. Mm. And it is interesting because Australia is so backwards with a lot yeah. of the ways that we do yeah, things. That totally. If you don't go, you don't follow the man or work for the man, i.e. Yeah. work for this place, work for that place with these big hats and yeah. you try and do something for yourself or on your own. It's really hard. It's very but is difficult. That, is that just in Australia? Like does that happen in the US and the UK? Um, that, are, that, that I, Look, online? I'm assuming so, but oh I haven't really checked that out. But, yeah, so we've got – like we know we've sold, I mean, at least over 50,000 last time we, of that book to Amazon. Now, that's that would make it books. best, and that's not counted. But that's not counted no. at all towards Booktopia's your. Booktopia's not counted. Amazon's Shit. not counted. And the books are like borders. Like they, there's not as many bookstores now. No, so way less. it's really got to change. It has to, and I feel sorry for so many authors who are out there that are probably killing what the bestseller lists are in numbers, but aren't getting the recognition to self-publish. The last book that I did now, just to print, we printed twenty thousand copies. Mm-hmm. The print run was three hundred twenty thousand dollars. That's not the that's not the forty thousand dollars we had to pay on top of that to stamp the golden boss. That's I not just, the. I just started. To she's just. She's Stacey's just not, fallen on the floor. It's gonna be okay, darling. The, the sixty thousand dollars to put the box. I'll be plugging it like. Oh, yeah. Can I uh, manage your singing gigs? I need yeah. a few extra jobs. It is. <laughs> People have, and then what I didn't, and the thing is, see, it was meant to, the last one was meant to be like as an iPad app, and it just sort of grew and grew and went to this crazy base that got out of control, um, but it's the way I wanted it, but I remember Delta said, she said, well, that's what it costs to do an album, because I said, people don't know how much that book costs, and that costs over a million dollars to do, mm-hmm. people don't have no, we're still playing it on, um, and that, but no that's idea. not to mention the time that you took no, to take no, out no, of your daily no. life to so write, not, which it might take a year full time, yeah. and that might be a quick and that hasn't to write even, so it essentially hasn't, you haven't paid yourself away no. yet yeah that's what yet. i mean you're, you're of, stepping yeah. away from yeah. actual work which i think a lot of well we realize that this just this don't do year. a book with photos don't do a book with photos and you're fine take the photographic and the models and the catering and all that out of yeah. it you might have. what was the first product or moment in your career where it turned from being a makeup artist to a business in terms when i say business i mean a bigger brand it's funny because i the, the brand thing i it, my husband says it to me like, you're a brand i'm like what does that mean because in my head, I'm a makeup artist who loves doing editorial. That some things happen by accident, and they're still here. So, and for, can you explain to our listener what you mean by editorial? Okay, so edit. Interesting word, actually. A lot of up and coming makeup artists throw that word around, and a lot of editorial mm-hmm. makeup artists. I personally don't, but we take a little bit of offence sometimes when everyone just calls themselves that. Mm-hmm. I call an editorial makeup artist someone. First of all, it's we're talking about fashion magazines here, mm-hmm. respected magazines mm-hmm. like your Vogue, your Marie Claire's, Cosmo Claire's, all those. Not your blog. Not yeah. yeah all the back pages okay. at, at a big W catalog. Okay, we're talking about the either the beauty editor or the fashion editor choosing you to creatively design and direct hair and makeup for that shoot and why it's such a powerful thing a lot of people don't know this you don't really get paid in the editorial world like I would probably get if I did a shoot for Vogue you get I think 260 bucks you've got to pay your agency there's no money in editorial but what makes that amazing you know that you're chosen for your creative creativeness so for example say in my agency I have say 10 makeup artists and Vogue come knocking they don't go who's the cheapest who can I budget for 
who is the person I creatively want the most. So what? So but so you're creatively directing the shoot. So when you're when you see your work in a magazine, you know that it was your decision. Mm. And what makes it even more powerful is people who want to spend money on makeup artists like Sony or um, you know campaigns or fashion brands. They look mainly to the editorial artists for two reasons. One, they they know that they eat, drink, and breathe makeup. It's in their blood because they're doing it creatively without how much they're getting paid. And secondly, you get to really see who an artist is because you know they're not being completely controlled by what they do. And we why, know that why? better than anyone because I think we would do we would do fairly thrown together shoots back in the day, mm. but we are very lucky to have had a very strong hair and makeup artist who is basically my sister yeah. and has grown with us yeah. and essentially always had her. So we didn't always mm. have a budget, but we had and you can find her on Instagram, Peppa Beth, because we owe her a million different Pepper plugs Beth. from all the oh, years. Beth, what's her name? Peppa Beth. Peppa Beth Haywood. Beth. Yeah. yeah. And she's based in Melbourne and she grew with us and did a lot of things and still continues to do things for mates rates or for free. Yeah. And we, I still do. And mm. we, because she believes in the product and yeah. believes in us, but, but we could have just pulled things from our wardrobe is what I'm trying to say. But it was her hair and makeup and her vision and her her contribution that one hundred percent took them from throw together shoots to professional shoots. Yeah. But why? You know? But why is it that editorial there's no money in it? Like because um, you know that seems well, to no be no money in print. Well, that no, seems no, to be like, the place where you, you know I you think see a, most of an artist. Yeah, you're doing it, the most work. It's interesting. It's like okay, well, it's like I remember being told that um, Miu Miu Prada never made money out of their clothes. They, they actually, a lot of, lot of houses run at a loss. I mean, they make the money from sunglasses mm. and shoes. Mm. And sometimes the thing is, the, okay, so with the editorial work, you you have to have complete creative control. So that means you don't, you can't have clients on there. You don't get budgeted to really shoot the editorial because no one's paying, like if Louis Vuitton pay for that shoot, you'd have to guarantee Louis Vuitton has to be in that a certain way they want it to be seen. So basically how I look at it is it's that, job that you you get you get funded if anything your expenses get paid and you can do whatever you want you get the mm. most amazing more locations mm. but what editorial brings you is probably 10 times more money right. than you could ever dream of so if it, the second a model does the cover of Australian Vogue or any Vogue look what happens to her career you know and what that's I mean? Like so we, you know, we had a pod channel. We have the pod channel, but we have podcasts, which yeah. made no money but got yeah. us a radio show. You know, like it platforms you to different yeah. places. When I used to do the shows, I used to watch the hair. I was always on the makeup teams, but the hair directors like Guido, and they used to use makeup brushes on hair. And I thought, I'm going to design one for Guido. Mm. And then, because I didn't have a business head, that's my problem. I actually don't have that. I just. So make these things you're creative. These yeah, things yeah, started yeah, yeah, to yeah, come yeah. to you from yeah. a different place. Yeah, yeah. so I, I made this hairbrush and I thought, hang on, this is an editorial hairbrush to flatten wigs and it's, they're so expensive to make. No one's really going to buy this. So I mm. put it in my, my hair kit and just forgot about it. And I remember doing Jen Hawkins for something and I pulled it out because my makeup kit hadn't arrived. I better start and I pulled that brush out and straight away she said, oh, that's amazing. And I went, oh, okay. So, so what did it do? It's, it's a big, it's a big, my radiance, the foundation brush. Uh-huh. And I saw, um, Guido, he orders them still to this day. So they're a brush, like when you're putting wigs or ponytails, those fluffy flyaways. Yes. Think of a blush brush instead of a comb or anything with bristles because that moves the uh-huh. hair. Or a big flat square makeup brush. I might happen to have one in my bag. <gasps> oh, my Ooh, God. Oh, yeah. It puts yeah, all the yeah, hairs yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it flattens oh. all the hair. But as a 
makeup brush oh my goodness you can put liquid um, anything on it the hairs are so soft the only brush endorsed by dermatologists to use if you've had laser or it's so it's like it's like i did on gokwan his words were my favorite he said it feels like a kimono on your face it was oh, just, oh wow and i would just i would just I do it on my face just to fall asleep and by then, the sounds i know it. and then from that all it was i used to have a brush maker making my brushes for me personally and it was my assistants like victoria baron she said could i have some and then a little like all my little minions came and I then models started to ask me so I just started to make them for them so again it never ever was meant to be a brand ever planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot of people say, you know, these opportunities, a lot of things that have happened to me have happened to other people. And it's not that I'm a, I, I'm a go-getter. I just have anxiety and can't say no. That's the first thing. And second <laughs> thing, my husband says, there's one thing, st- I'm not into motivational sayings, but there's one that I live by. Well, I don't live by, but six on my fridge. It's, what would you do or attempt to do if you knew for sure you could not fail? But the best thing my husband said to me, he said, your biggest successes have been when you've had, and, and he's very clever in business. He said, it's when you have nothing to lose is when you have the most power. Mm. when you have nothing to lose so if you go in there like you're not going to get it you don't want it that's when you have all the pain. and it's so true it's when you're scared of losing something mm. that's when the fear just just diverts and I think of all my best makeup work happens when I, I'm not scared the fear I carry inside is massive because people say with makeup don't take it personally yes take it personally because you chose to put that lipstick color you you chose to do and makeup you're the first cab off the rank on a set you're the first thing everyone looks at Styling and photography, that all comes after. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do have a lot of fear and I think the anxiety is what's made me successful, not the confidence. What I, how I think about it is if I have a vision in my mind, so I'm doing your makeup, we're shooting yeah. an editorial, yeah. I have a vision. My motto, I say this to myself all day on the shoot, if it turns out how I've expected it to, I'm disappointed. Right. The team should take that. And I have seen photographers when I've literally put a bit of Vaseline on an eyelid They'll take a photo and I'll tear up. Or my, oh my God, it's a piece of art that I want to hang on. They're the days that I just love to work. And sometimes they are the scary people. And the scary people's what I love because if I can impress the scary people, that's when I feel I've achieved something. So do you like to sit yeah. in that place where you feel challenged? Or, I hate or, it, but it's essential. I was going to say, are you in the moment going, this is fucked? Yeah. Do you but think then, it's essential? Yeah, and because you know what? There's what... if. 
I'm going to be spending more time in New York this year. And if you look at all the top people in the industry, they're all going to be a bit intimidating. And that I've got to be used to that intimidation. I've got to be out. If I want to just keep playing this game, just getting higher and higher in what I do and I want to turn up and shoot with Peter Lindbergh or, you know, these big, amazing names, I have to have the – my confidence is an issue, so I have to throw myself into that – because there's nothing more rewarding when I come home and there's a scary stylist. But I, I don't – if they're scary and talented, I respect them. If they're scary and not and talented, what, and I yeah, don't. And how do you decipher the difference between scary and learning and scary and – not learning do you know what I mean yeah, like where pretty people easy are, by the just, work they do right, like okay. you know if John Galliano even though he's become you know that was awful he became an asshole but I remember I remember being backstage at your show and you know there's a there's a lot of egos a lot of scary people but mm. it's like I can choose a nice safe world or and also to being around the scary people what I try and do is go they're the people going to teach me the most. My uncle was a was a Buddhist. His name was Swami Chidnandu. And I remember him saying to me, he'd spent 10 years in India. And mm. um, there's a famous photo with Rajneesh and um, John Lennon. And then my uncle. It's incredible. Wow. And I remember him saying to my brother was a drug addict for a long time. And he said to me something. He said, don't you think being a Buddhist is really easy in a Buddhist monk? In, in a Buddhist, in a, sorry. In a Buddhist in a, yeah. Well, yeah. Because, you know, you're with other Buddhists. Buddhist and it's when you take it yeah. out into the... Yeah. And then he uses that mm. orange theory, which I mm. use all the time. I teach it to my up-and-coming makeup artist about the orange juice theory and in Buddhism they say if you get an orange and you put pressure and you squeeze it what do you get you get orange juice but what happens when I squeeze you so what I mean by that my brother was the one person who'd set me off because mm. doing the drug mm. and the lies and, I, mm. and my uncle would said to me he's your guru he's your he's the one that teaches you the most so when I'm at fashion weeks I'm around those personalities it always I don't mean to call out stylists here but the stylists are the ones yeah. that you love or you're terrified of um it's how I act in front of that, and that's what I'm trying to teach my up-and-coming kids. It's who you are in front of those people. That's that's you know who you are. It's and you know what? When you're around all the safe, lovey, I, I, sometimes I think if you're worried more about that, you've got to be you've got to be doing makeup when you've got to love it that much that you do it when you're not being paid and no one's watching. Mm. And that's the problem with the whole Instagram world right now. It's all it's yeah. so absorbent of what how many likes me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think it's an important thing. Look, I wish I could go in and, and feel secure, but you know what's so amazing? I've spoken to ten of the world, some of the world's best makeup artists, and they all say the same thing. Most of them think they're not good at what they do. I think mm. it's important, and yeah, I, I, I don't think, like it, but it's mm. true. I think for me this year we got fired pretty brutally, and yeah. so then I went for the first six months going, I can't be near anybody that reminds me of those yeah. awful people. Yeah. But at the same time, one of those people that was the most awful in particular and the most manipulative, yeah. I don't feel like I've met someone that really got radio like that person either right so i was taught a lot yeah which is the real fucked up kind of conundrum you find yourself and where i find myself now of thinking of the kinds of things that we want to do or i want to do in the future and and who you surround yourself with finding that balance of Mm. what's actually unhealthy but what's also making you uncomfortable in a healthy way yeah exactly and it's interesting it's a it's a tricky one back to the dior behind the scenes dior galeando all this kind of stuff i mean what was the biggest point or the biggest story you had that would be a show-off story for you to tell someone in that you learned something but there was also all of these names all of this sparkle all of this incredible I guess glitz and glamour of what people think you do it's funny the glitz and glamour okay so we know mm. for real that it's a lot of it is BS well the reason the reason I think people okay when I say I'm working with a celebrity like I've worked with Pink Kelly Rowland a lot of them um and people always say to me, oh, that's so glamorous, it's so amazing. And 
they're the people I get the most scared of, but it's not the celebrity I'm scared of. This is ah. the thing. When you work with, I mean, I remember when I worked with um, Alicia Pink first time, about four or five years ago, and she had just shot with Pat McGrath for Mac like a month before. Mm-hmm. So the bigger the celebrity, the more bigger the makeup artists are that they've worked with. Right. So when you work with a big oh, celebrity, oh. they're comparing you to the Pat McGrath, the Peter Phillips, and that, the is that what makes you that's nervous? The, that's the fear. Because okay. that's where they you're know what's respect- amazing. Yeah, yeah. and okay. they chal- and they've got photographic evidence of what yeah. they did, and they have photographic evidence of what I did, and they remember you from the images as well. So it's. That's probably when the glitz and glamour, I think that's what people get confused with. The glitz and glamour of that is when they love you and you're comfortable and right. you can breathe and it, it's working quite well. That's that's the part. Um, but then there's been moments, my favourite moment is when Kelly Rowland asked me for my autograph, but technically it was to sign a book, but I'm still calling it an <laughs> no, autograph. No, still, she's still like, Kelly still Rowland has asked you for yeah, your yes. autograph. <laughs> did you or did you not sign your name? I did and yes. I said to her, yes. very, I did sign my name, sign my name and sign my name. I think I did it three times. Is that my name? Yeah. Because yeah. you can see. <laughs> um, that was amazing. And I remember because all the press were there that day and I remember saying, asking her, sorry, who yeah. was the last person you asked Kelly and asked Stevie Wonder? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I know, I know that, was, that was really yes. an amazing moment. Well, that's um, a bloody good dinner party story of yeah. there, isn't it? And it's 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 um the the it's a question about what's my been most favourite moment. Is I guess you if mean? you were at a dinner party and you oh, were the coolest moment in oh, your job. Great, yeah. okay, yeah. I've got a few of those. All right, so Lady Gaga ordered my brushes. Fuck, Fuck yeah. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yes, let's start oh, yeah. Let's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, so okay. she there was an email that was like, can I I want to speak to someone ordering my makeup artist, Sarah Tanner. And my husband thought it was Sarah Tanner, who's an amazing Australian makeup artist who's already got them. So he got confused, was about to delete the email. So, they re- so they're emailing you? They're through the website. Okay. And my husband was going to... Lady like, Gaga's people? He, her. It, no, was from her. it was the actual... It was from her through the, the house. We've got the... The reason I won't... I mean, I'm talking about it, but the reason I'm not going to post... Like, we've had orders from the Queen of Guitar. Um, I think, okay, another good... China Vogue put the brushes... When I first launched the top two in the world, um, uh, Harper's Bazaar um, said they were in the top five in the world. Um, We've had some Peter Phillips, Val Garland. You can brag about it because it's not your. It doesn't define you. Yeah. And you're. And I always say this. Like we talk about this a bit and have done on the show with when you talk about race or things that are often a little bit tricky, it's yeah. a random example, but stick with me. Yeah. And it's all about people's intention. Yeah, so, I always say that. What yeah. would they intend to do? And so exactly. when you does say it come all from? of this stuff, none of it is, yeah. you're not defined by it. So yeah. that's why it doesn't come across. It's nice to have. Yeah. yeah. It's I, just nice to tell, go through those moments as yeah. well of your... I think... I, I think, sorry, just, I just had one, two more quick bragging moments while I'm on a roll. Yeah, bloody good. One was um, yeah, being dyslexic and being a bestseller, like over, like the first time was amazing, then second, then third, and then, and then I have lost count. Fluff, yeah. um, and then probably the most amazing thing is finding this Japanese master who's doing my brushes because there's only, in, 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 in Japan, there's only ever been 40 masters of craft ever awarded. And you can only be, how's it, a samurai sword maker or a calligraphy brush maker, or they call it Uday brush, F-U-D-E. Hardest brush in the world to make. The Japanese government awards people who are amazing. Can t- wow. start at set 70 steps to make a brush. They can go from 10,000 to 100,000 to make a brush. And when my magnetic brushes were being copied, we had to, I, I had to do I have a drop the mic moment, do something no one else can do. So I started to research and found out there's only two living 
masters of craft left alive in the world. One man's 108, so he wasn't an option. And when you say and master we, of craft, you mean making brush. Yes. Brushes. So they. Yeah. So the master of craft is hand making. He's. He, so he has brush. a family. But it's all handmade. So he, he doesn't personally make them all. He's got a very small family business. And um, he is the only living master of craft left in the world working. So he's designed my brushes. We're going to go and do a documentary on him and film the process. I'm the only Westerner, first person outside his own family business to make brushes. So how would you find it? How well, it was such a hard thing. I was just trying to find something that I could do. First of all, the magnetic function was something new and I no one had done it before. But when he got copied, I was like, oh. And I, the good thing is I was copied by one of the biggest uh, biggest YouTubers in the world. Her name's Pony and she's Korean and she claimed it was her idea. And I woke up one morning, I'm famous in Korea because a lot of her fans found out the truth and it was right. quite exciting. And my husband, I was like, oh, we can sue because we have this patent. And my husband looked at me and said, do you want to be right or do you want to be rich? And I went, kind of both. But... <laughs> And what he meant by that, and we're not, we don't, the rich things, I don't, I'm not a very good business person. Some of my brushes, people don't realise, some, I actually lose money when I sell them because mm. it's so expensive to make. Um, so it, we, I had to, I found this, a, a brush curator in Switzerland who she just, cre- she just writes on the world's top brushes and she'll, how they're made, the type of wood, it's sweet makeup temptation. She's amazing. Hang on, that's her, that's her, whole, her whole job whole, is, is yep. discussing and just... Dis- yeah, and her brush collection, like she'll buy a brush, $50,000 brush. Her, her, like, her lowest end brushes she reviews is like Tom Ford and so that's hard to find. Wow. Um, and the brushes that I'm making, we've even had interest in the royal families because they're gifts... It's it's something because people in Japan they're not writing anymore, so the whole craft's going to be and no it's longer such a beautiful, there. So. I remember thinking all the time of how much of a beautiful gift the old brush with the mirror was. Oh remember yeah, that? they're yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah. But there is something about a brush. Yeah. I can't, I don't relate, but I kind of understand yeah. too. So you went. So when your husband said. Right or reach. oh yeah, so we're gonna just we can spend time in court suing suing suing, or do you just want to just do something that no one else can copy? And so I had to. How do you do that? So mm. I thought I'm gonna have to somehow claim. I want to find the best brush maker in the world, and that's what we did. It took me four years. We went back and forth, back and forth. Four years yeah. to find this yeah. one well, particular back and, to person to agree to do it because oh he was all goodness. about which I love. He, where the translation got mistaken, he's like, I only did calligraphy brushes. I'm like, that's what I want. So to give you an idea, to an expensive, most expensive brush you can buy over the counter in the world today between 10 to 20 steps a calligraphy uday brush starts at and when 72. you say 10 to 20 steps from you beginning mean to end the, the steps in terms of the making, making it, it. yeah okay. actually some of them are only three steps but i'm talking high end are from yeah. 10 to 20. a calligraphy brush starts at 72 mine start at 52. so my brush has a calligraphy technology and what that means is a calligraphy artist picks up a brush with black heavy paint mm-hmm. and on one white canvas with adding pressure Lifting and adding pressure, he gets one stroke thick, thin, however he wants. He can make the stroke as thin as a hair, thick, and all the edges wow. are blended. How so incredible. my brushes with minimum strokes blend the edges for you. So you don't have to have this annoying... And I have like calligraphy. Like yeah, yeah, like calligraphy. Right. It's about precision, half the strokes. And, and if, I, you're not, if you're not talented to it have it the right blend. precision, it, it doesn't blurs. matter. And like, the yeah. weight, the weight, right. the ergonomic weight is the same as the calligraphy brush. And I sent them to Val Garland, Peter Phillips, all the people I admire, just to see feedback before I release. Even Mario, who's very famous with yes. Kim Kardashian's yeah, makeup yeah, artist. Yeah. And they've all said the best brushes they've ever used. Oh, so, my God. So that's why when some girls bumps. ring me yeah. and say, I would like to do a review, I'm not that I'm... I just don't really rate 
you're I know these are the world's best brushes. Like I don't want someone who we doesn't understand the brushes well, going, I don't like this one because of the shape. Well, I'm sorry, but it's like saying Bentley's not a great car. Yeah. You know, there's a real make, sense of knowing yeah. like that you don't need the approval. No. It, oh, so it'd be nice, that, but <laughs> So over that four years, and I suppose it's like that, and we've heard that bandied around a little bit this year in particular, that thousand hours rule before you can become an expert at something. Oh god, gotcha. there's all of the you know, you know, somebody might be able to see your work and see your gl- the glitz and glamour of your yeah. life on your Instagram and go, wow. Yeah. You know, and I think everybody's obsessed with this overnight success thing. God, and now yeah. online, they're, they're a viral sensation. Yeah. It just doesn't no. happen like that. Never. Even if it is to the world an yeah. overnight success, they've yeah. been working for fucking 10 years yeah. that you and, haven't and seen. And the thing is too, when you see um, Richard Shower, who was my makeup teacher, he was David Bowie's makeup artist, mm-hmm. completely colorblind, died over 10 years ago. Wow. He invented the lightning stroke and all that. I remember I was his, one of his last students and I had to do an eyeliner on a model and his philosophy was I had to go home do it 100 times with photographic evidence before I came back to the next lesson three days later. And what I loved about what he said, it's something that if you do, and I say this to makeup artists when they're learning, you you teach them a lip and they struggle. Once you've done it 100 times, you might, on that same person, you might be okay at it. But then you have to do it on every age group, every texture, mm. every shape possible. It's with like different, different it's weather, so, you know, like yeah, trying to so do much. something outside so, with different so climates. So much in becoming a great mate. Then doing your own face is sometimes the easiest thing because you're not – but even – there's even more to it than that. Like being a makeup – makeup for me is about 30 to 40% of it. The rest of it is – the human connection working with someone understanding the brief interpreting that like and a lot of what i'm worried about a lot of the new artists that still want to do that fashion thing and work on models they're missing that part mm. of the element then mm. and we've seen a few problems the few successful instagrammers who've been given shoots and the director hasn't liked it it's all gone Ugh. or they've directed shows and they because they and, and they're also coming up as talent in their own right yeah you know so you come on a shoot and you have become insta famous from mm. your makeup yeah it's like um it's the, the great example is of like the rupaul rupaul's drag race yeah once the show became more successful and then a lot of the drag or the queens ended up being picked from Instagram then they were put in all these challenges to make their costumes to do their own makeup and they were filmed doing it a lot of them then struggled because Mm. they didn't have a filter they didn't have all this time like they weren't it was just Mm. a different ballpark and it's I would imagine it would be like that with a lot of artists that have crafted their own way for a photo on their terms their control yeah but it doesn't work like that and then what what I do love though I love how separate we are now like I can walk down the street and I can say she's an Instagram maker you can see them a mile away you can the techniques they do most of most of girls can tend to start to look a bit the same the heaviness of it oh no shit old Kardashian. Like, old school, the, the yeah, that contouring. But, but like, but you go out sometimes and you see, I'm like, every chick here is a clone of the I next know. person. It's freaky. And, and the thing that the thing that I I have a little giggle to myself. But when they do that heavy pat, matte, 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 then put a fake highlight. But they're putting a highlight, but it's dark inside. So that shine on the tip of the nose would never be there. So it looks even more fake. And I, it's like, Sweat. it's like when you're trying to, yeah, you're I trying to. Say this. I'm like. Your nose is sweaty. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's just not right. It, and look, but things I I it, it concerns me that you know that there's there's such if you want to be a makeup artist there is I know people say oh we just 
we're just angry because they're no I'm not angry at all I'm kind of loving the fact we're very very separate mm. but as, when I have clients now though like if I'm if I have a special event or red carpet I need to look at what they're looking at what inspires them yeah. because the set makeup's very separate which is a good thing because if you want to work for Vogue and Harper's and do that editorial runway red carpet stuff there's a very different aesthetic and mm. so it's easy to say what family you belong into and we just sort of do our own thing and it's great I want to ask you about this um, sitting in the different roles of being the student and the teacher because Jazz Pamplin who does our brows who I saw a few days ago and she's obsessed with you and she was like tell her I say hi and I said any tips what should I ask Ray about we're getting her in blah 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 and she said ask her about being that the way that she teaches, she's like she gives away everything. Yeah. Yep. So that anybody, any I'm not saying any Joe Blow could do it, but she said a lot of people generous, you know, generous. hold a lot of yeah, their secrets anything. to their chest because there's this fear around yeah. if I give away my secrets, yeah. somebody could emulate. And she said she gives away everything, but nobody has ever come close. And I, I find it's a lovely compliment. Yeah, but I find I don't think that, but that's lovely. See, Thanks, I find Dad. I find this interesting in that so much of what you I'm getting, I'm gathering from this chat that we've yeah. had. You like to sit in that student, yeah. You know, and that I don't want to be the best. I want to keep curious, keep learning, keep yeah. being challenged constantly. Yeah. yeah. Because but, I think the other thing too, the reason I teach everything was actually what Richard Shara taught me. He's one of the greatest makeup artists in the world, and the first thing he said, you teach all your secrets because it forces you to learn new ones. I've had so many assistants. I like, for example, Joel, um, Lay Tai, Victoria Barron. These guys were assisted. Victoria Barron's done incredibly. Um, but I've had like 50 others as well, and mm. they haven't. So it's not, you can teach some. It's like saying mm. that you're going to do a painting class with Picasso. Will that make you Picasso? No. Yeah. So te- okay. I, it's not a risk that if you, if you teach them everything, they're not going to be able to do what you do because it is, can you do it on a Sudanese skin, on someone with menopause, or something? There's just so much more to make up than. They, they, like it's like a, it's like I say this is how I explain it to, to people who want to do editorial makeup they decide they're going to today they're going to be a makeup artist they want to be an editorial one yeah what you're saying is you want to be in the top 5% like the people that get to do the red carpet the car the vogues mm, whatever mm, so mm. basically the same thing is like today I want to learn how to play tennis but I only want to play for Wimbledon that's kind of what yeah. you're saying. Okay. So there's a lot oh, in but it's But it's interesting that it goes back to that, like, and it's funny that you go, I'm an anxious person and I, mm. you know, self-doubt. and But there's this real lovely, um, I don't know, sense of like self-confidence yeah, that I, I get from that you too. when you say, you know, even when you're telling your stories before, you're like, well, this doesn't define me or yeah. I don't need to be rich because I, I, I don't need somebody to review my brushes and tell me yeah. they're the best in the world. Yeah. They are. Yeah. It's a fact. And so yeah, you that's don't a need, fact yeah, <laughs> you, can t- you can teach all of your yeah. secrets and give them yeah. all away a thousand times yeah. over but you're not going to be Ray Morris because I'm Ray Morris yeah. but it's funny but when Evans even says my name like that I still look over my shoulder I don't so I shouldn't open the mic um, who people are talking about when people introduce me even when they say author I'm like I'm not a failed school it, it doesn't maybe that's probably why I don't I think get so yeah. and you identify as, as the student still mm, you know totally so if we were to wrap up on I suppose three points that has helped attribute to that confidence that Merce has spoken about what would that be for our listener to work on for themselves I would say um that's back to that saying what would you do or attempt to do if you knew for sure you could not fail that's a goodie that's a really a good one and with makeup would you do it if no one was watching and you weren't being paid because that's what where passion comes Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. um and i think to for my job it is perseverance it's something that 
Okay, if you want to talk about makeup, one thing I think is really important, only look at the world's best artists because I think you become what you look at. So if you want to say be a makeup artist, look at your Italian folks, your French folks, look at the plug into the references, plug into the where something was born, plug into that source because you'll only become a better artist. And don't be a wanker. Mm. Yeah, don't that's be a good one. Yeah. Be nice because yeah. people... Whatever industry. Mm. It's how, You know mm. what I always say? It's not how I, what I think, who I think I am. It's I have to worry about what other people think I am. So it's important. Oh, I did a good quote mm. about this. Did you? Yeah, you put that Tell on me. Instagram. Yeah. I read it about 58 times because I was like... I am the what? Okay, so what is it? It's by go Thomas Cooley. Just yeah. go slowly. Go slowly, babe. I am not who you think I am. I am not who I think I am. Mm. I am who I think you think I am. That is it in a nutshell. I need that. Is perfection. Put it, put it oh, well, yes. there you put go. Wow. Yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to repost that. That's Literally interesting. That's so <laughs> amazing. I was trying to get creative. Uh, anyway, Love it. Love Ray, it. So Ray Morris, um, it has been so delightful. Oh, my God. Oh, we could sit here for another 85 I know, we could. years, I, think, I think, legitimately. And I am the timekeeper, and I, I don't want to be at it's all. It's gone way over. It, oh, wow. Okay. It's ridiculous. It's just been so delightful, so we'll have to do it again. Part two for and sure. And we have to work together. Oh, please. If you want to continue the conversation with us, we are never off our phones. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or perhaps head to the website for a stack of articles, different content, all kinds of interviews at thethinkergirls.com.au. This podcast is presented by The Thinker Girls, Stacey June and Christy Mercer. This podcast is produced by me, Christy Mercer, and edited by our podcast producer, Jordan Lott. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 